0: There are a lot of things that I am honestly so over when it comes to hormone health, fertility, and just general wellness and diet culture. So let's spend today talking about the trash advice out there and why I think that you should just ignore it. That's right, I'm literally doing a podcast episode on advice out there that I do not like. Hi, I'm Erin. Welcome to Hormone Bestie. This is a podcast for you. If you are just trying to be a woman person in the world, if you are trying to understand your menstrual cycle better, you want to understand your hormones and how to support your body, or if you are trying to get pregnant, I'm so happy and thankful to have you here. And I hope that this episode and this podcast in general can be incredibly supportive to you on your journey. Also friendly reminder that these podcasts are for educational purposes only and are not meant to be used as personalized guidance or advice. I'm actually going to call myself out on some of these as well. So let's just be transparent here. First of all, do we hate the word journey? Like, are we over that? I use it all the time because I talk about like your fertility journey and your TTC journey and blah, 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 and nutrition journey and all that sort of thing. And I wonder if we're just like over that now, like, are we done with that? What other word should we be using? I don't know, but I feel like we need to come up with a different word. Okay, let's start with number one. Don't drink your calories. Oh, I hate this. Okay. So I think that this comes from a place of don't drink sugary sodas and don't drink really sugary coffee drinks, you know, like things that have 50 grams of sugar in them. They have a lot of sugar. And yes, limiting added sugar is important for your hormone health and fertility. We know that. But the idea that you should just shouldn't drink anything with calories is bonkers. Okay. Drinks that have calories can actually be a really supportive way to support your nutrition um, and to give your body what it needs. So I think of things like adrenal mocktails or smoothies or coconut water or liquid IV or element, like all of these kind of different electrolyte drinks and stuff like that that are still giving your body calories, some of them more than others. Some of them have sugar because that's important also for hydration. But this idea that you shouldn't drink your calories just isn't incredibly supportive for a lot of people. So do we need to have things like soda every single day that have a lot of added sugar? No, but also you don't need to never have something like that, but we also don't need to come up with silly rules around what we can and cannot have. And I think that an important distinction here is to think about how you feel after you have these drinks. So let's say you have a soda and it does have a good amount of sugar in it. And you have a blood sugar rush and crash and you don't feel very good 45 minutes after. That's a reason not to have that, not just because of a silly rule. Let's say you have a smoothie and it doesn't have a lot of protein in it, which we always want to be adding things like protein and fats to our smoothies. But let's say that you have a smoothie and... 45 minutes after you're feeling kind of hungry again. Maybe a smoothie is not the best thing for you for a meal. And maybe it's something that goes along with a meal, or maybe it's more of a snack. So how do we use the things that we're consuming in a way that makes sense rather than just saying things like, don't drink your calories. Next, number two, eat less and exercise more. You've probably heard this before, and it's just not very helpful, you know? The idea is, okay, calories in versus calories out, that's how you lose weight, blah, blah, blah. We know that, okay? We know that if you want to lose weight, you do need to eat less the energy than you use, okay? Different things are going to affect how much energy your body uses every single day, things like your hormones, things like how much you're moving, things like your muscle mass, right? There's a lot of things that go into that number. But when we just tell people, to eat less and exercise more, we're not really helping them to develop habits and strategies that are supporting their overall health and supporting their hormone health and fertility. That being said too, sometimes this is just given as advice for hormone health and fertility as if weight loss is the magic answer to everything. Next, eat more and exercise less. So this is the other side of the picture where we have lots of people saying, you know, or especially with hormone health, we see this a lot of like, everything changed when I just started eating more and exercising less. If you have not been able to lose weight and you are always working out and you're doing all the things, maybe you need to eat more and exercise less. And here's the thing. There's, this is still problematic because it's still one revolving around the idea of weight loss. And I just don't think that health necessarily comes from a place of weight loss. Not that I am anti-weight loss, but I am anti-weight loss is the only goal. I think that we need to have non-scale victories and non-scale goals. And I think that we also need to have a bigger picture goal of what do I want my life to look like in 10 years that does not just revolve around what size my body is. I also don't think that the advice to eat more and exercise less is any more helpful Then the advice to eat less and exercise more. What do we need to eat more of? What kind of exercise should we be doing less of? It's just not very helpful. It is a leading piece of advice. What do I mean by that? This is the advice that somebody gives you when they want you to ask more questions, when they want you to buy from them, when they want you to get invested in what they have to say, right? Because it's like flipping what we normally hear. It's flipping that narrative, but it's not actually helping us any more than the advice to eat less and exercise more. For macro counting, this is just excessive to me. I just think we're taking calorie counting to a whole new level, which is essentially what it is, right? It's just breaking down your calories so that you can count something else. And what happens with macro counting, so if you're not familiar with macro counting, first of all, macro counting is when you actually count how many grams of each macronutrient carbohydrates, protein, and fat, how many grams of each of those you're going to eat every single day. And then you typically split that into different meals and different snacks. And at the end of the day, you're trying to fit your macros so perfectly. This is what can happen. It can become so incredibly obsessive that instead of focusing on what feels good to eat, what you feel like you need, how hungry you are, what can happen is that you just end up trying to fit into a specific macro number that may or may not be serving you. And a lot of times people just get these numbers randomly from influencers on the internet, from personal trainers, which by the way, in my personal opinion, personal trainers shouldn't be giving out advice for things like macro counting because that does get into just a more specific area of nutrition that they likely are not educated in if they are not a registered dietitian. All right, moving on taking a random supplements because someone on TikTok said it worked for them. So why should we not be taking random supplements because someone on TikTok said it worked for them? One, just because of a supplement worked for somebody else does not mean that it's going to work for you. Two, just because somebody likes this supplement doesn't mean that it is third-party tested and or high quality. Three, people on TikTok are often getting paid to support, promote, certain supplements, so just because they're getting paid to do it does not mean it's good and or that it works. Some supplements can actually interfere with your hormone health and fertility, and so they may not be beneficial for you if that is your goal. Similarly, it's just always a good idea to chat with your doctor or dietitian before starting or stopping any supplements. Next, so this is a hot topic, everything being inflammatory, okay? Sugar is inflammatory, gluten's inflammatory, dairy's inflammatory, coffee's inflammatory. Um, what else? Everything. Life is inflammatory, right? You know what else is inflammatory? Starving. Starving puts your body in a pro-inflammatory state because it wants glucose. What is glucose? Glucose is sugar. Okay, so I'm so fired up. I'm only halfway through the list. Life is inflammatory. Our bodies are supposed to have inflammation, okay? Ovulation and implantation are inflammatory processes, okay? Which means they require inflammation for them to go properly. What we do not want is the chronic low-grade inflammation that often occurs with conditions that affect fertility. Think things like endometriosis, fibroids, PCOS, stress, diabetes. These can put our body in a state of chronic low-grade inflammation. We don't want that, right? We can support healthy levels of inflammation so that we decrease chronic low-grade inflammation, but we still support the inflammation that our body needs, which is the acute inflammatory response. So this is how... Your muscles heal and repair after a workout, acute inflammatory response. This is how your body heals from a cut or an injury, acute inflammatory response. Those are necessary for us to survive. But all of these foods are not causing you to be in constant inflammation, okay? Some of them may increase pre-existing levels of inflammation, but we still need to adjust the root cause of inflammation and support the body from a holistic place rather than saying cut out all these foods and you might feel better for a week. But guess what? All of that inflammation is still going to be occurring in your body. So it's not going to be a long lasting fix. Low fat diets. What number are we on? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have 10 here. Okay. Low fat diets. I feel like we have moved on for this, but for some reason it's still coming Uh, fat is necessary for the body. We need it. That's why it is an essential macronutrient. We don't need to be getting everything low fat. Okay. And fat is actually something that helps our bodies feel full. Okay. It helps with that satiation after a meal. So if you are feeling really hungry, 30 minutes after a meal, and you're getting protein and carbs in a meal, but you're not getting fat, fat is probably what we need to add back in. I feel like this comes up a lot with dairy, and full-fat dairy has been shown to be supportive to fertility. So we do need to be mindful, though, of our saturated fats. So we need saturated fat. Saturated fat is the fat that's typically found in our animal products, okay? So think our meats, dairies, that sort of thing. Saturated fats are important, but again, we have a Goldilocks range, right? We want a certain amount. We don't want excessive amounts. We don't want not enough. So what's important is to consider the saturated fat in your entire diet. Eight, low carb diet. Okay, we have low fat. We have low carb. I mean, I don't think there will ever be a low protein diet, but you really never know. To be honest, you never know with people what's going to come up next. Also, just for the record, a true ketogenic diet is low carb. It's not high protein, okay? It's just not. It's not how it works, okay? But anyways, low carb diets. Low carb is not the answer. We need carbs. Our brain wants carbs. Our liver wants carbs. Our body wants carbs to survive and thrive, they're important. Carbs are our main energy source. Our carbs get broken down into glucose, which is a sugar. Our body uses that sugar to produce energy. So why do people think that carbs are bad? Because people think that blood sugar is bad and people think that insulin is bad. People think that carbs are also causing inflammation, right? It's that stupid inflammation again. But let's break it down. Blood sugar, not bad. Blood sugar is required for your body to serve Vibe. In fact, if you do not have enough carbs, if you do not have enough, your body feels the need to produce glucose within the body so that it has the energy that it needs. Okay. And this is also putting additional stress on the body because it feels it feels like it has to compensate for that. Blood sugar, not bad. If your blood sugar is zero, you would be dead. Do we want super big highs and lows of blood sugar? No. Again, putting stress on the body. We don't want to do that. We want to have moderate highs, moderate decreases that just kind of go up and down throughout the day. That is a natural flow. Insulin, also not bad. Insulin helps your body use the glucose that you have. It helps it get into the cells so that your body can use that energy. Insulin is important. Insulin is also a hormone. We need to honor that. We need to trust that. Carbs can be part of a hormone healthy and fertility supportive diet. What I do suggest is when you are having carbs, make sure to pair those carbs with a protein source for snacks and with a protein and a fat for meals. This helps slow down our digestion It helps decrease how fast that metabolism of the carbs is and supports those healthy blood sugar, blood glucose levels. This is going to give you longer lasting energy, more balance, more fullness, more satiety with meals. And it's just going to help you feel better, safer, and lower stressed in your body. All right, we have two more. We're ready to do it? Nine, having good or bad foods, or red light or green light food. I feel like I got a stretch, like really prepared for this one. Foods are not good or bad. Food does not have moral value. Foods have different nutritional value. So for example, an orange is gonna have different nutritional value than an apple. It's also gonna have different nutritional value than white bread. They're all carbs, they're all providing nutrition. It's just different. One is not good. One is not bad. Some may be more supportive to certain goals, but food is not good or bad. And you are not good or bad for eating certain foods. But when we label foods as good or bad, we assign them moral value. And then sometimes what happens is we take on that moral value that we give the food and we don't want that. We are not good or bad for eating certain foods. We are not better or worse for eating certain foods. We just are. You are good or bad for the person that you are. If you are a mean, rude person, that's not good, but you're not not nice because of the food you ate. You're not nice because of the personality issues that might be helpful to work through. You are also not good because you ate a salad for lunch and you had chicken and veggies for dinner. That does not make you good. That makes you probably in need of carbohydrates. Last one, y'all, we made it. This idea that you can out-supplement or out-green juice diet. Okay, we have to stop this. Supplements, green juices, blah, blah, blah they're not the answer to your hormone health and fertility. They are not changing your life. They are not probably even making a dent. We have to make sure that you are getting everything possible that you can and that you need from the foods that you're eating. And then we can add things. We're not adding green juice, but then we can add things like supplements to help further that progress. So here's what happens, okay, with clients. We Build a base of let's make sure you're getting everything possible from your meals, you are having balanced meals, you are eating regularly. That's where we have to start. Okay, we start there. Then we work on things like sleep and stress. Okay, sometimes we'll add some supplements in there too. Then we continue to see how the cycle is doing, how your fertility is doing, what's next. Then we may add supplements, but also everyone needs different supplements because we're all different. We all have different cycles, we all have different needs. Usually, when we add those supplements, then clients aren't noticing a big difference because they have already put in the work to have that foundation of their meals. They have a foundation that then they can build upon so that by the time it's been three months, their cycle is completely different. Their fertility is optimized in a way that they didn't know possible, but that didn't happen just because they started taking supplements from a random list or from a random influencer. So, those are my top 10 things right now in the diet industry, in the hormone health and fertility industry. I'm just sick of them. Over. These are important things. And I actually think it's important to get fired up about these things because if we just accept them as normal, if we just accept bad nutrition advice as normal, nobody's going to get anywhere. And I think that you deserve the best. So, with that, I will leave you. And I am just wishing you a week of healthy hormones, of happiness, of no more bad diet advice. And you know what? I'm wishing you a week of really good food and really good drinks if you are looking for support please let me know i have a link to my questionnaire to talk more about what it looks like to work together if you want support with your fertility with your hormone health i am here for it i'm here to support you however i possibly can So if that's something you're interested in, make sure to tap that link and we can chat more about that for you. Similarly, you can always follow along on Instagram, erinlindorfer.rdn. I always have tons of information on there for you, particularly if you are interested in optimizing your fertility. So make sure to follow along and make sure to share this episode or your favorite episode to Instagram so that I can cheer you on. I can support you too. And this also just helps other people just like you get information to support their cycle health, their hormone health, and their fertility the best that we all possibly can. So with that, happy hormones!